Wait, Skype stopped working. Windows checking a problem. There's a problem again on the computer. Hold on, we have a catastrophe in the Skype world. One second. Entire Skype program closed. Oh, you can't do that. Beginning of Chedish Ear. As you know, of course, one of the more Special dates of the month of year is Bay's year. Is there a oh, removed person from this group? Okay, you removed. Okay. Bay's year, as we know, is the birthday of the Emiratis. Of the Reb Maharash, son of the Tzemach Tzedek, tonight, Beis is a yard site of a. At least I can call him a special person, Shalmei Ben Yosef Hakoyin. Kaddish for him, so he better be special. My mother's father. All the Shulamayas, Shulamayas named after him. <laughs> when he was Nifter, actually, I got married in the year he was Nifter. Um, a year later, we had we were benched with a girl. My sisters had girls, and my cousin had twin girls. So my poor mother was going crazy that if you had to have boys, who's going to give his name? What's going to be with his name? Baruch Hashem, everybody was Zeicha, not only they were Zeicha, but generations thereafter have still been giving the name. He was an interesting fellow, he was a Kayin. Came over from Europe, war torn Europe. Interestingly, I believe he came with his parents. And he came before the war, actually, before World War Two. He came. He came before World War Two, of course, because my mother was born here. Oh, she was. And your dad. Born. In Sons, Poland. My mother was born here. They came before World War Two, and um, when he was a little boy, little fond memories that children have. This little boy, probably before his upshine, before three years old even, he was sitting on his father's lap. His father wore glasses. So what is a little child looking at the father, and all of a sudden he sees his reflection in his father's glasses? He didn't know what it was. He sees the little boy. He starts making faces at the face, and it's making faces back at him. And finally, he stuck out his tongue to the little boy. <laughs> his father saw the little boy, he saw him sticking out his tongue, and he thought it was to him. Never gave him a chmalia. Give him a good slap. Something he wouldn't forget. He grew up to be a strapping person, though, a very strong fellow. As, uh, 
the grandfather would show off to the grandchildren. Today's days, you show how fast you can upload a page on your computer. You show how fast you can Google something and you uh, impress your grandchildren with that. Yesteryear, there were different things, different prowess that a grandfather would impress the grandchild with. Zayda Sholomayev is very, very strong. He wants to take a two-by-four and he placed it over his back, put his arms around it, moved his hands forward and cracked the two-by-four on his own back. He had one wish. He was a Kayan. His one solitary wish was to serve in the Beis HaMikdash. I should live to serve in the Beis I don't care if I wash the floors. I don't have to be a Kayan. Godly says I don't have to be the Kayan to bring a carbon. I don't have to shecht. I don't even have to spray the blood. Let me even only wash the floors. And that would be enough for me. Just to serve in the base of English. And he was a loyal, faithful servant of God. Moved to Barra Park. And on 18th Avenue and 49th Street, two shuls opened up. One opened by Rabbi Felder, and diagonally across was the Kassan Yemis Kassan also came from the Bronx, as did my, grand- my parents, my grandparents. Kassan Rebbe, actually the son, said by my gr- mother and by his sister, when he said the eulogy by the Levaya, the Hesped, he said, in the Bronx. We were children together in the Bronx. So they came to Barapak, to the Kassana. So the father, Pincha Shulam, he was the, the Rebbe, he lived upstairs in Bismarck. The Shul was downstairs, and his apartment was upstairs. So I remember they used to cut a hole in the floor of the dining room upstairs and the women sat upstairs to daven and the men had a minion downstairs the um, back of the building that was an apartment they used to rent to a guy needed the income Zayda Shalomaya would run <laughs> all morning long back and forth diagonally across 18th Avenue to make sure there was a minion in both places going, make sure there was coffee there for people who wanted coffee, to make sure there was things, just little small trivial things that he used to take care of, just to make sure that they both, and they both had very strong hakaras hataif for both, for him, for they both realized exactly what he really did for them. But the truth, funny thing is, ironically, on Shabbos and Yom Tov, he didn't have there anyway. He used to walk to 58th Street and 15th Avenue from 47th and 18th. He used to daven in Bluzhev. The Bluzhev Rebbe was my sandik. My grandfather, Shalomaya, was the Bluzhev Rebbe's personal koyin. What's a personal koyin? The Bluzhev Rebbe would move away from his standard that he stood on to daven when it came to Birchat Kohanim. And he would have my grandfather stand there. And he would step back so that the Kohen, when he turned around to bench, he would bench directly on top of him. But he wanted only Shulamaya Chesa to do it. So here he was in 18th Avenue running back and forth, and they thought that he was a pillar of their shul. <laughs> he was the Kohen of the other shul. Just very, very involved in seeing to it that then you have the famous, famous story which is the family always laughs about <clears throat> my grandfather used to bring home strays in the Bronx yet he'd bring home strays from shul that didn't have where to eat on Shabbos and he had two daughters and all of a sudden he'd bring in a brought in a bacher once single bacher And the girls all immediately brought out 
brought out two chalas for the guest. And they ran into the room, which was dark. Shabbos, you can't turn on the light. So they were scrounging around in the drawer to find a chala cover. And they found what they thought was a chala cover. They brought it out and they put it on top of his chalas. And um, <laughs> in the middle of Kiddush, the girls realized that it wasn't a chalakhava. It was a needlepoint that someone had been doing. And the needlepoint said, um, no more, no less, somebody loves you. And here's a single boy coming into a house where there's two single girls and he gets this uh, challah cover that says somebody loves you on it. <laughs> so my grandfather used to make Kiddush with his eyes closed. So here he is standing there making Kiddush which by him was a very solemn moment and all of a sudden everybody's laughing. He's getting very upset. It's very serious. And he opened his eyes. Me! What am I laughing about? He didn't talk. It's, it's Just a look. And uh, so my grandmother pointed to the color cover. He saw it and he started laughing. He <laughs> was dropped the cup. <laughs> but he was, oh, well, I guess today you would think maybe he was a shlamazel because every Friday. He would get his little paycheck and then Sunday go look for employment again. He would lose his job every Friday. It was very possible because there were a lot of beautiful Jewish companies at the time that told you that if you don't come to work on Saturday, you're fired. And he was not going to work on Saturday. On Sunday? Saturday. 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 No, they had to be open Shabbos. They, you have to understand the mind frame the mind frame of the people in those days in the 30s in the 25 in the 30s the situation was very bad financially you had to have as many days as you can and you had to be open and producing and um, but were the Jewish you said the even one? Jewish companies nobody nobody uh, most of them were so Every Sunday he was looking for another job. There was one Sunday he couldn't find a job. He didn't want my grandmother to know that he was out of work. It was very cold. I say he would walk through the streets, to the parks, or whatever. But it was extremely cold. So he took five cents and he went into a movie theater. And he sat inside the movie theater. <laughs> the movie interested him like, like you're interested in playing golf on one foot. <laughs> but never he had nowhere else to hide his marriage was closed shuls weren't open all day then you had your meeting in the morning when you came back from Menachem Meir so he sat in the theater all day Nebuch, waiting for the to, to come home so that his wife should know Nebuch, that he didn't have a job and he was a good craftsman actually he was a cutter a cutter or a, a, a designer for women's clothing and pattern maker it was called pattern maker okay. and then he made a decent parnasa from it nothing special of course nothing to write home about but it covered the bills and uh, ultimately he was offered many business opportunities in his days and there he was Takash Lamazel he was offered a building for $35,000 at the time I believe today's value on the building is about 1.9 or 2.3 million dollars. Vazalmintan. <laughs> this is so, so be it. Yeah. So the Yerusha that he left us ultimately is the Yerusha of uh, the Teda, the love for Teda, the love of respect for Teda, how to respect Erov, how to respect the Tavukachim. I left out another address actually that I don't know when, how he used to juggle all these shuls. He used to also go to Davenberg and Moshe Bik. It was a very big uh, place in the generation. 
short-tempered, but very big, very big posek. He knew, he was brilliant in halacha. Um, he's down there as well. So he was by, by Shabik, he was by the Blushava, he was by Kassel, he was Mufelda, he was all over the place. I don't know what he used to, how he did this. He used to juggle everybody's shoes. One thing that people, somebody just told me actually the other day, he remembers, I can actually blackberry him, tell him tonight's the outside, he'd get very touched about it. He'd see the stories. Let's do that actually, just to see the story he's going to reminisce on about it. Um, I can tell you practically what the story is. When it's a very interesting thing that you see in shuls, and you see until today the same issue and problem, and it's mind-boggling how people don't understand it. On the bama, the bima, where they read the Torah, mm-hmm. if the Torah is not lying there, they'll just sprawl themselves out. They'll lean on it, sit and talk in the middle of a conversation, and they'll just lay down. Now, in essence, there's nothing wrong with it if the Torah is not on it. If the Torah is on it, of course, you're not allowed to. The states clearly you're not allowed to. But if the Torah is not on it, it's not such, it's not halachically prohibited, but it's just not kavod. If the Torah is always there, how do you lie yourself down out there? And if he caught somebody doing that, he'd walk up from behind, he'd give the guy such a slap in the behind, he'd send them through the Aaron Kurdish. And he could say, like I told you before, he was quite strong. Yeah. Anyway, we gave our tribute to my grandfather, let's give the tribute back to Pashas Emer and Pashas and month of Ear and Bez Ear Bez Ear, the birth of the Marash Ear also known as Chedesh Ziv because the sun starts to shine believe it or not, you might not have been able to tell today by the weather but um, it's supposed to start getting warmer Ziv also means to sprout. The flowers begin to sprout now this time. Zayin Yud Vav, according to in Aramaic. Ziv is a, a, a ray, son of a ray of the sun. Ziv Ashkena. We get some. Ear is an acronym in Ashatevis for the word Ani Hashem Rof Echa. I am God that heals, therefore, because Yud Yud is the name of God. So therefore, we'd like to take a moment and bless, we spent actually, Monday night we went with a group of women to the aisle, for the women that are listening to this, our husbands that are listening, they can tell their wives, June 2nd is the next Arab Shredish that we're going to mention to the aisle Thursday night, Thursday evening about 7.30, we got together a group of women we take, and um, we speak at Vater beforehand, and then everybody writes their letters together. And this time, because it's ear that has to do with refuah, we also made a separate letter for everybody that needs refuah shlema. And we put all that, and we read that at the Ohelot's separate letter. Ear is also the Rashtevis Avram Yitzchak Yaakov and Rachel, or Rivka. The connotation in itself tells the whole story. That this is the forefathers are all gathered together and assembled in the spirituality of this parasha. Of this Chodesh, this month. Bay's ear, Reb Marash's birthday, they tell a story which they say is connected to the birth of the Reb Marash. There was a fire in the Babich. And although the house and the shul was not, the house of the Samotzedek and the shul itself were not burnt, Samotzedek decided that the shul and the house had to be rebuilt. Shul's time there was a, a groundbreaking, etc. By the groundbreaking, the Chassidim told the Rebbe that according to the Teda, 
by a groundbreaking, you have to say Maima, you have to say Chesidus. So where do you take it from? So it's very simple. Pasha Mishpatum comes before Pasha's Truma. Truma talks about the Mishkan, the building of the Mishkan. But prior to building the Mishkan, what does it say? Mishpatum, all the laws. What else could be laws if not Chesidus? So they try to prompt the Rebbe to say a Maima. So the Tzedek was not shy, and he said to them, do you want to hear a maimah, or do you want to hear a story? They knew, if the Tzedek wants to tell a story, there's a story to be told. <laughs> so, uh, I told you, he gets excited. Tzemachsedek told the following story. There were chsidim of ouch. Adrujna. The Hedek Adrujna. One of them had a lot of land and one was a simple innkeeper. And the simple innkeeper um, rented from this fellow, this fellow chassid, and the deal was that every year he would pay him for the, month, the year's rent. Years went by, and one year, unfortunately, the situation was not good, and he could not pay. He said, either pay me up or leave. So he ran to the Ruzhina the Chassid ran to the Rishon and told the Rishon his story, that he didn't have the money to pay, and this Chassid wants to throw him out. So the Rishon called in the Chassid and said to him, have Rachmanus. He said, the Rabbi, you have to understand, it's a whole year's rent. He says, have Rachmanus. So he had Rachmanus, and uh, he let him go. He said, okay, I'm Mivata this year. I'll lower your rent for next year so that you'll be able to keep up with it. Shalom. The next year was not any better, it was worse, if anything. And even though the rent was less, again he could not pay. And again he wanted to throw him out. Again he ran to the Rujana. And again the Rujana convinced him. Back off. Again he acquiesced, he agreed. Again he lowered the rent. Third year came. No such luck. He couldn't play again. So again they ran to the Rizhna. Again the Rizhna told him. Like this time he said to the Rizhna, I'll wipe the loan, but I can't keep him as a tenant. The original could not, he says, I, I don't have to pay for his, to support him. I, there's no way in the tailor that says that I have to support this fellow. The original agreed. And he evicted him. When he evicted him, Nabuch, didn't take long. The family took to the road and they all went to different ways. And Father Nabuch fell ill and died. Years later, the landlord passed away as well. actually a very righteous fellow and he um, came to the Maila to Bezna Shemaila said okay Ganeiden and the Sultan came running and says what are you talking about Ganeiden how can this fellow go to Ganeiden he drove a fellow out of his house and the fellow died because of it so the Chassid said in his own defense he says what do you mean 
There was no way the Torah said that I was obligated to support this fellow. I wiped my loan. I didn't keep him to. I didn't hold the debt against him. But I had no reason. There was no way that I had to hold him there anymore. Three years it was. So they said, "Okay, let's." He says, "He says, you know what? Let's get opinions from people that lived on the earth." Because obviously you people, the Malachim, don't understand what it's like to, to, like to have a rental and to have a renter and the renter not paying and everything else. You don't understand what this is all about. You're angels in heaven. You don't have rent up here. You don't have mortgages. You don't have bills. So they brought two, what, the Bet Yosef? I think it was the Beis Yosef they brought. And the base I don't know the other one. They brought two Paskim. And the Paskim heard the story, and then there's a kind of this, uh, different um, versions of the story. Whether they said it was no good, he had, to, he, he had to pay for it, or he didn't have to pay for it. Regardless, he turned and he says, you know what, this is not good, this is not working out. The people that are living today, you guys lived years ago. Who knows what your mortgage is? You guys lived in caves, what do you know about the houses? <laughs> Let's get people that are now alive on the world. Let them pass them. So Tzemach Tzedek turned to the Chassidim. said, then what would you say? I personally think the guy is fine. He didn't do anything wrong. What do you say? Now they realize, of course, that Tzemach Tzedek is asking him. Tzemach Tzedek gave his opinion that not to contradict him. So they also all chimed in that, yes, the man is righteous. At that same time, apparently, there were two other Rebbes that did the same thing, told the same story. And they exonerated the fellow, and he went into Ganeiden. Now, how it tied in to the birth of the Rebbe Marash, I don't know. But the houses were not going to be ready until Shoshana time. And the Rebbitson wanted to give birth to Afke in the new house, so they made it just useful enough. Abe's ear. So, and the Rebbe Marash was born, and the Rebbe was very, very, so it was very involved. The day of the bliss, he kept saying, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, and finally it was later on that the bliss finally happened. And... The Rebbe Marash was about seven years old. His teacher brought him to his father and gave him a test for everything he learned. And he did extremely well. The teacher said, no, what do you say? So the Rebbe said, what's the Pella? What's the Shak? He's born on Teferes Shabbat Teferes. Beauty of beauty. Of course he knows well. During the seven weeks between Pesach and Shavuos, we count the Omer. Every night we count the Omer. The seven weeks corresponds to the seven attributes of the person. Chesed, Givurah, Tferes, Netzach, Heid, Yisaid, and Malchus. Each day has a Chesed, Shiva Chesed, a Chesed, a Givurah, Shiva Chesed, Tferes, Shiva Chesed, for the first week is Chesed, the next is Gevuda, the third is Tiferes, etc. So being born on Bez Ir, Bez Ir, the Svira is Tiferes, Shabbat Tiferes. We're not holding yet by Mayra, we didn't count the Omer yet, so we can't say what tonight is. But Bez Ir is Tiferes, Shabbat Tiferes. Which means the beauty of the beauty. Now what is Tiferes all about? We know there's a concept of Chesed. But when I tell you chesed, do me a chesed, you will limit your chesed. Everybody does. Because we're human. How much of a chesed can a person do? <laughs> Besides the story where he was angry at me for crossing my legs in shul, nothing. You crossed your legs, you made it in the shape of a cross. And he wouldn't allow that. You can't sit like that when you're davening. 
have to say. straight. He's davening before Hashem. Um, chesed by God. <laughs> Think about it. We wake up every morning. Do we serve our purpose in this world? Eh? Is there a purpose? Is there a world? Is there anything else besides making money? Is there anything else besides living our day there? What, what's there really? What do you mean? What am I completing here? What do I have to keep up with? Then you have the person that's religious a little bit. I make brachas before I eat. I make brachas after I finish eating. I wash my hands for bread. I go to shul once or twice a day. I uh, say Krishna before I go to sleep. I even take Nagalasa to my bed. I even wear tits at night. You're getting there. You're getting there, buddy. Um, then you have the more radical, etc., etc. The more radical they get, the obviously the harsher they are on themselves, and they more the more they appreciate when they say Madani in the morning, because as I said, why was God so kind to me? Why did He do this Chesed and let me wake up this morning again? What did I do to earn this, to deserve this? Sometimes we get a a favor. A boss gives a major bonus. And you ask, what did I do to deserve this? You physically see a chesed from a person. And you can't understand this person did this for you without a major reason for it. When God does chesed, it's so it's in such plentiful we don't even realize how great chasd Hashem is. And I can tell you personally, in my own life, throughout my life, before marriage, after marriage, with my children, how many times I've seen the chasd Hashem. How many times I've had it that I, I, I sat and said chasd Hashem and I would say it. This is me repeatedly to my wife. The, the greatest chesodim that God just gave us. I've never, I never cease to be amazed by the amount of chesed that God bestows upon me. Because honestly speaking, when I'm, I'm harsh on my own self, my own soul, and I do my chesed nefesh each evening, and I say to myself, "Yeznayu pachimu." I don't understand why. I don't understand what reasoning God had to put me through this day and to put me through such blessings and such beauty and such glory. I don't understand it. And I know I've done this and I've done this and I've done that and I've done that. You have stories and cases. It's very interesting to note. They tell a story of a balagola, a wagon driver that was hired to deliver something. Bring it from this town to this town, and I'll pay you for it. I need it by this and this date. So the next morning, Balagola gets up to go out. There's a snowstorm. It's higher than the horse. He can't move. He couldn't get out that day. He comes to the man and he says to him, Pay me. This is for what? This is for the day. You hired me for the day. I have to. I couldn't drive. Is it? He says, But you didn't drive. But I couldn't drive. So then I have to pay you. You have to pay. They went to the Rav. The Rav heard out the situation. 
You were hired to do a job, you didn't do the job, you don't get paid. Where do you get this from? This is from the Taylor. What is this? It says, Taylor, God gave us the Taylor. How do you know God gave it to us? He's explaining to him how God... Finally says to him, he says, When did God give the Taylor? God gave the Taylor on Shavuos. When Shavuos? Shavuos, right before the summer. Ah, that's why he said that the horse gets stuck in snow, he has doesn't get paid. He would have given the turn in the winter, he would have seen what the snow was, he wouldn't have had to talk like this. This week's Pasha has also the stories of the different Yom, the Pashas of the different Yom Tevim. Amongst Yom Tevim, it talks about Shavuos, but it doesn't tell when Shavuos is. Fifty days, fifty full days after Pesach is Shavuos. Count your 50 days and you have Shavuos. Why does the Torah not give a date for when Shavuos actually is? To teach us, each day it's a new thing, a new entity. And we don't take for granted that today I learned and today it's today's the Torah and that's it. Today Shavuos, Vav, Sivan is Matan Torah and it's the only day I have to learn Torah. Every day a person has to learn. Every day the person has to devote himself to Torah. And by not telling us exactly when it is, Terry is teaching us that we don't restrict it to a day, to two days, to an hour, to three. Terry is every day and perpetual. So when Chesed is given by God, it's amazing. What we do see with our open naked eye is Gevura. When God gives Gevura, when God gives with why do we see it? Why do we see it? The person that Nebuchadnezzar disappears from the world, shall we say, returns the soul to the Maker. The Gvura that God just did. person, the 36 year old last week, Whatever age the person is, it's always a yeah yeah. It could be a father of a child, a grandfather of children, whatever they were, they they were they were beloved, and nobody wants them to leave the world. Nobody wants them to die. And it looks like such gvura. We don't see. Sometimes we say chazde Hashem for the suffering that the person is going through in this world, and chazde Hashem that God finally relieved him from it. Sometimes we see that, and sometimes we don't. do it just to drive my grandfather crazy mm. my grandfather would slap his foot off and he would put it back <laughs> so now he writes I was wrong <laughs> I'll go tomorrow to my grandfather's grave I'll, I'll remind him I'll tell him make sure he forgives you for it um, <laughs> Tiferes is beauty what is the beauty of Tiferes? The beauty of Tiferes is the blend between Chesed and Gvura. Let go see what happened to Mary. The blend between the Chesed and the Gvura. When the Chesed and the Gvura blend together, they do a beautiful thing. They become beautiful. How do they become beautiful? We take a crystal glass, a fine crystal glass, fine crystal glass you place it in the light sparkles, shines, it's gorgeous want to use it want to use it put in cold water it fogs up it gets like misty outside put in hot water it plots it so in essence, you got a problem. What do you use it for? So you have to use it for lukewarm water, 
whatever occasion you can find that lukewarm water is worth anything. That times, I guess, in the winter time, you don't want a freezing cold of water when you're thirsty. Yeah. So I guess lukewarm would serve the purpose. <coughs> um, <laughs> I said he's forgiven. He says thanks. He's it's a crying face. <laughs> That's the Ferris. The Ferris brings out the beauty of the Chesed and the Gevura mixed together, blended together. Tiferes Tiferes is when the Marash was born. On a day when Tiferes Tiferes, the beauty of the beauty, such a level that it's just not to, not to be described, as we say. Let us quickly get back to the parasha Emer. Parasha Emer, the pasuk tells us Emer ve'Amarto. The reason that it says it twice is because the Kayan, because we're being warned how education is important and there's no no limits to how much we have to educate the children. There are three times, in essence, when these mitzvahs, Emer Vamata, and the quote of telling is said twice. And it's once by when it talks about person should not eat blood, person may not eat bugs. And the third one is by Tumen Tahara, by purity and impurity. What is the connection between the three? The connection between the three is a very, very simple one. They all deal with education. They all deal with Chinuch. What is the Chinuch involved? The Chinuch involved is when it comes to Vilti Achilles Adam, in the, those days, it was a common practice that he ate blood. And therefore, the tells us, Chazak, you have to strengthen oneself, the Vilti Achilles Adam, to refrain from eating blood. So you have to educate the child that even though this is a regular thing, we have, if it's not right, and the Torah tells us we can't do it, we have to stop doing it. And therefore, there are times that people have habitual sins that they just can't stop themselves. You see, there's no such thing. A person can always stop themselves from doing any given sin. Then there's the shrots in the olden days. They would eat the bugs and all these different things. And again, the tailor teaches us that we have to tell the child, no, we have to stop, we have to deter, and these things are disgusting to people. And then even with the Tumah and the Tahara, which technically a person would say, here, here on the table, hey! On Tumah and Tahara, where the person would say, what is Tumah? What is impurity? What does it mean that something became impure? What does it mean something is becomes purified? When it gets sprayed by this and sprayed by that, it becomes pure all of a sudden. How does that work? How does it fall into place? And again, this is a din which the child would never understand, but still in all, we tell them we have to educate the child these halachas as well. Moving along, another one of the Yom Tevim, of course, that I mentioned is the Yom Tev of Sukkis. Yom Tev of Sukkis, the Pasuk tells us Pesach tells us, you have to take the four minim. And the Rebbe explains the four minim are four different types of Jews, one with a smell and a, and a one with a smell and taste, one with a smell and no taste, one with no taste and smell, and one with no taste and no smell. And we have to put them all together because these are all different types of Jews. One that does Torah and mitzvahs, one that only does Torah and no mitzvahs, one that learn, does mitzvahs doesn't learn Torah, one that does neither learn Torah nor do mitzvahs. Question becomes, the Arava, no smell, no taste. What is he doing there? Who needs him? Who needs him? What is he doing? Exactly now. This represents Nebuch the Jew that has no Torah and no mitzvahs. Horrific, horrific thing, Nebuch. So then we ask, what is he doing in the picture? Now, first of all, we tell him, 
if we bring him together with everybody else, maybe something will rub off. Maybe he'll get some smell. Maybe he'll get some taste. Maybe he'll get something. Arava is the same gematri as the word zera, child. If not him, at least maybe it'll rub off on his children. Maybe if he's not religious, maybe his children will become from. And therefore we never... <laughs> therefore we never push away, we never tell the Jew, you're substandard. You're not up to par, you're not part of us, you're not part of one of us. We always accept and take everybody in. Very interestingly, quickly to note, the Rebbe once... We have to go to the Pirkei Oves and to Mesech Tesaita. Everyone's called in a Shliach Rabbi Katz from South Africa. He was a Rebbe in South Africa. And he was here in New York. The Rebbe called him into a private audience. He had gone into a private audience. The Rebbe asked him on his private audience what happens in the prisons on Hanukkah. <coughs> So the cat said that we do a lot of things in the prisoners, but Hanukkah we have yet to get them to light Menera. So the Jews in the prison are not going to light Menera. He says, "Rabbi, you got to understand. First of all, there's not so many Jews in prison. Second of all, that, you know, it's it's a little more primitive. They're not so acceptable, acceptable for the Jews." So the Rebbe said, Katz, I want you to call, go out of my office when you finish the Chiddush, go to the secretariat office, tell them I told you you should make a call to South Africa." and you should find the head of the prison wardens and tell them that I said that the Jews have to light the Menera for Bel Hanukkah. He looks at his watch and he says, Rebbe, it's 3.30 in the morning or whatever. It's, it's, it's a crazy hour now. How, how do you expect me to go wake this fellow up? The Rebbe says, he'll see the urgency, he'll listen to you. And the cats had no way of answering, and he went out. And he went to the secretary, and he told the secretary of the Rebbe what the story is, and they gave him the phone. He dialed the South Africa to a secretary, to a secretary, to a secretary. He woke up people one after the other until finally they gave him the number, and I think it was Holiday as well, and they found the number of the... And it wasn't Holiday there. And they found the person in charge... And he happened to know the fellow, but vaguely. Says, this is Rabbi Katz. Says, yes, Rabbi Katz. So I'm pro- currently in New York. He says, what is the problem that you're calling at this hour? He says, there's a very urgent issue here, but Hanukkah is coming up and the Menorah has to be lit. Is that the issue? Yes. I'm going to see to it that the two of the prisoners, if it's so important that you're calling me at this hour, and it's, then it must be really, really important, and I'm going to see to it that the prisoners are going to light the Menorah. So Rabbi Katz is very proud of himself, and the next morning he stood outside 770, waited for the Rebbe to come to shul, and he's going to tell the Rebbe the good news that he accomplished. As the Rebbe arrived, he told him what happened. So the Rebbe said, meet me in my office after davening. Came out after davening, and then he comes to the Rebbe's office, and the Rebbe says, and what about the Jewish prisoners in New York? So the Rebbe, I'm not connected. He says, you go get connections. Go to J.J. Hecht. Rabbi Yaakov, you're the hecht, I don't know what Rebbe called him, and he'll get you the connections, and you call up and take care of it. Kitzer, he went and he had the Yaakov hecht, and Yaakov Yudha started calling and calling and calling. It was a holiday of some sort, and there was no one to be found. It was must be Kratzmach holiday. Hanukkah time. And he finally found a commissioner. And the commission, and he told the commissioner, the Rebbe, oh, how are you, Rabbi? How's the family? Fine. He says, I have here Rabbi Katz from South Africa who wants to talk to you. And Rabbi Katz gets on the phone and he says, I have to call last night, in the middle of the night, to, the file, to find the head warden of the prisons to convince him that the prisoners have to light Munera and Hanukkah. So I'm having Rahmanas on you, I'm only calling you on your vacation, but it's still in the middle of the day to tell you that. And he agreed. And I'm asking you to agree as well. And the guy says, you know something, it sounds important. And he agreed. And then he went back and he told the Rebbe. The Rebbe told him again, come inside after Mincha. And the Rebbe gave him a few gifts. He said, what, what can I give you? So he said, I want a Tanya for my son, my mitzvah boy. 
So they ever said, go to America, you'll find gifts. And there were four gifts waiting for him. One was a Tanya for himself, I think, and one was an English Tanya for the son. Was he already prepared? The Rebbe already told him to prepare this. He asked for it, but the Rebbe already prepared it. Um, then there was a gift for the general that took care of the prisoners in South Africa and the wife. He came back to South Africa and he called the general to tell him that it was late in the evening, actually. Tomorrow morning I want to meet with you. He said, what do you want to meet with me? He says, I have a gift from the Rebbe for you. He says, I'll be over in a few minutes at your house. He says, you don't have to. I'll meet you in the morning. He says, I'll be back. All of a sudden the guy shows up at his house. And he brings him inside and he gives him the gift and he says to him, what was the urgency? Take it now. He says, if a man is sitting in Brooklyn, New York, is concerned about the prisoners in South Africa and sends me a gift, I'm coming to get it in my first Isdamnut. Birkiyam is quickly, the Rebbe says, cherish the honor of your colleagues as your own. He found this is a very important um, way of living life. They possessed a far greater knowledge than his colleagues. And they would call him Eliezer Godel. And he was great as Has Sinai as Sinai because why Sinai indicated that all the Torah, he was a repository for Torah. And despite his greatness, he appreciated the need to cherish the honor of others. And then, of course, the same goes with the Kayan, that the Kayan entered in just one little short line of the Gemara Mesech, the Seita, Daf Tezayin Amid Beis, excuse me, not Tezayin Amid Beis, Tezvav Amid Beis, the Mishnah spoke about when he came into the, into the Mishnah, into the Mishnah, how, where, when he had to go, Nichnas the Hechel upon the minute when he went into the Hechel, they came into the courtyard. He turned right. My time affecting him. The Mamarik his Mar said, "Kol pinishat the pain of the you eladarachimin." Any time a person turns, they should always turn right. And this is a call gadol. If you're always ever in doubt which way to go, you always turn right. And it's taken from here, and this is all coincides with everything else of the Emma Marta and what the says about his friends and how people have to, colleagues have to respect one another. We have to always look with the right eye and act with the right hand and rely on the chesed of the God of Hashem. And Hashem should do his ultimate chesed, which is to send Mashiach tonight. Good job.